The Abstract Athlete Podcast. A collision of art, sport, science, and more. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Abstract Athlete Podcast. I'm Ron Johnson, professor of art at Virginia Commonwealth University and co-founder of The Abstract Athlete. Big thank yous to everyone listening and all of our sponsors and supporters. We have a lot of great exhibitions and podcasts coming up, so please check out our website, theabstractathlete.com, and follow us on all social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Super, super excited today to have Dr. David Seafew, who is the chairperson of the Department of Physical Medicine at Virginia Commonwealth University and the senior TBI specialist with the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. We are going to be talking a lot about brain health, physical health, creativity, and maybe even throwing a story about Yamir Yager. Uh, we have been working with Dave the last few years exploring the benefits of daily creative practice through training journals and workshops. So we're super excited and we're going to welcome Dr. David Seafew. Here we go. We're off. I know. That is, it's good. It's good. So eventually that, that theme song is going to keep on. So the Abstract Athlete podcast here we are with the doc dr david sifu mm-hmm. we got lots to talk about <laughs> this could like take forever but in a good way. you know yeah in a good way but we're gonna actually um i think this is like the kickoff of the podcast and one of the things we talked to you about is not that it's going to be you every week but having a podcast with a doctor primarily you which will be fun and where we do it every week we're going to call it house call or something to that effect um, and actually get people to write in questions. I actually got a question from one of my students that I'll have to actually dig up before, yeah. before yeah, we yeah. get done with this. So um, I think maybe the best thing is to, I don't know, give us a background of like where you're from, what you're doing. Let me actually check talk into that a little bit testing one two yeah maybe get a little closer okay um all right but just to kind of um give us a background like what you know like i know who you are but our listeners don't and and we'll just go from there yeah 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 well it's it's exciting to be part of the podcast and and (laughs) and and part of where i'm from or what i'm about is trying to get people to 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 really better understand how everything that they do in their life and 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 how they do it how they approach it directly affects the health of their brain their their ability of their brain to to uh, to work optimally uh, to to sync with what they want to do with their life so it isn't like you can if you're preparing for an athletic event or a test or going to work or school, you just sort of take five minutes and you, and, and you get into the right setting. You get into the groove. You get into the flow, which yep. is the abstract athlete term. You know, you know it, it isn't it, – it, some people, you know, can do that once in a while and, and can elevate that game. But, but what's, what's a better way to do it is to look at everything you do in your life and figure out how it's going to, to, um, to affect 
your brain and then therefore your whole body because because you know i'm a i'm a, a physician that specializes in the rehabilitation of individuals who have either had an injury or, or have a disease or a disorder or want to elevate the way their body and brain function so i'm a i'm a a specialist in what's called physical medicine rehabilitation, and my sub-specialty or my area of expertise is in is in the brain, is how the brain deals with the world. Uh, primarily, people that have had an injury to their brain from sports or, or the military, in particular, or in on the job or an accident. But but in order to do that, in order to get the brain well or to perform at maximum uh, um, uh, ability in an easy and and um, in a way that flows with life. In order to do that, you have to understand the normal brain and how that functions. And, you know, the, the brain is the computer for everything you do. You know, it, it isn't like it just works for thinking or it just works for, you know, for, for, for doing a task. But it's everything. You know, sitting in this room talking to you, you know, how my, how my brain is interacting with this microphone in front of me with the music we just played five minutes ago <laughs> with with what i ate for breakfast with an injury i had 20 years ago playing football all of that is is needs to be understood how, you know who i am as a person you know who i am as a father who i am as a teacher who i am as a you know an exercise all of those things play into 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 um how my brain's functioning now and how it'll function for the next 20 30 years um, and, and so, so, you know, what I do as a doctor is to understand who you are as a person, you know, what, what your lifestyle is like, what you want out of your life, what's happened in the past to you, and bring that together to help you either to perform, you know, at a specifically high level if you're a performance athlete, or just day to day if you're an injured veteran who is having difficulty with just getting up in the morning and just, you know, finding a purpose in life, you know, that, that goes into that. Um, and so, you know, and I think that that becomes like really interesting because people think of brain and or <clears throat> brain wellness, like that's a weird way to say it, but they don't think about the diet. And I know that you talk about that. I mean, when we, when I had you in my class, I, the way that the students reacted, like you need to eat well to have good brain function, you know, and this yeah. is kind of like, wait a minute, what? And I mean, it all makes sense, but I don't think enough people talk. I mean, it seems like there's a lot of misconceptions about how the brain operates. Or, or like, I mean, I think the one question I asked you about when when I've had multiple concussions, the one thing that doctors told me to do was not to sleep. And you're like, no, that's actually not true. Like, the best right. thing you can right. do for yeah. your brain is actually yeah. to rest. It's one of the most dramatic moments in yeah. any film or television show is when a child or an adult comes in and they have a brain injury. It's always in the late afternoon yeah. or evening. And, and the caregiver or the parent or whoever is always told, keep him awake so you can monitor how he's going to do. Right. All right. And, and you know, th th therefore, you've got a seven-year-old or a 20-year-old, and it's nine o'clock at night. They're getting home from the hospital. They've had a hard day. They've just won or lost the big game or, you know, some tragedy happened in their life. And somehow the parents or the caregiver are given a sheet of paper, and their job is to, for the next 14 hours, <laughs> keep you awake and keep an eye on you as if they have the skill set needed to keep an eye on you or they you know they're dumb enough to say well we're going to prod you every hour so no one will sleep for the next 12 hours when in fact you know we know in reality if the injury is so bad that you need this close monitoring for the next 24 hours with with you know wires hooked up to your head and a heart monitor then you probably shouldn't be at your home you know in, right. in, in your little bedroom but in fact the brain just like any machine or any car 
needs great things going into it to optimally work. The best high test gas you have, or in the, in the case of humans, the best diet possible, yeah. which, which we can get into later what kind that should be. But it also needs quiet time to restore itself, to allow the mechanism that exists in the body to clean out some of the waste products of the brain that accumulate all day while you're thinking or getting stressed or playing football or getting injured. You know, what, what, you know allowing that, we call it restorative rest, not just closing your eyes and sleeping, but actually setting up the environment so that when you lay down to go to sleep, you are relaxed, you are in a, you know, you've eaten well, you've exercised appropriately. If you've gotten injured, you've made sure that, that um, you're taking special care of that injury in your body and giving yourself that time to have a solid period of rest, you know, to go, to go through what we call REM sleep, where your brain is actually active and then completely quiets down. Each of those five to seven sessions of REM sleep throughout the night actually are going in there and cleansing out the waste products from your brain, giving your brain the ability to remember and to put into long-term memory the relevant things, right. but also to flush out those negative experiences, those stressors, those disappointments, those fears, <clears throat> that injury, because the body and the brain heal every night. It also, there's some healing going on during the day, but 90 plus percent of the healing to your muscles, to your skin, to your cartilage, but most importantly to your brain is occurring when you're the, asleep sleep, at right. night in that deep restorative sleep. Yes. So unlike the movies, which I love, <laughs> I love regarding Henry, one of the best bad brain injury movies ever done with Harrison Ford, you know, it's not even close. You don't want to stay up that night. You want to make sure that you're safe um, you know, and you're not going to have a problem overnight with your brain, which occurs in less than 0.0001% of all concussions. Get to sleep, right. restore. But I think that's funny because, again, like, I don't think that people talk about that. No. And again, like, I have students that are athletes that they're trainers. They, they're, they're, you have to stay in a dark room. You can't mm -hmm. go to class. And it's like what you say is like, no, you actually need to get back out. It's very much like rehabilitation when you tear your, a muscle, like you get back into the, whether you're doing pool therapy or back on the bike, whatever, icing it, heating it, you know, it's the same mechanism, just a different form of it. Yeah, and, and, and you know, a, a way to think about it is, you know, the best way for your brain or your elbow or your, or your knee to, to, uh, to recover is, you know, Number one, make sure that it's safe, that, that anything you do is not going to re-injure it. So if it's a knee injury, you want to make sure you're not doing an exercise that takes it beyond its capacity. But for the brain, you know, the brain has got more capacity than we can ever give it. Right. You know, that you can't injure your brain by thinking too much. You can't injure your brain by memorizing too much or by trying to multitask. It's all of it is actually good. The more you multitask and think and push yourself physically, emotionally, and cognitively, the more you do that, the more you grow your brain, the complexity of it. So the best thing in the world for the brain after an injury, whether it's minor or major, is to get back to normal activity is to get back into that flow where you wake up at, let's say, 6 a.m. or 7 a.m., you have a nutritious breakfast, you 
get you get you know cleaned and you get dressed and you go to some productive activity work or school and you're physically being active cognitively being active and even emotionally you should not be protecting yourself from life after a brain injury because the brain doesn't do that it it, it needs to be exposed to traffic noise and to emotional stressors and to cognitive and physical stressors so that it can get back into normalcy otherwise it lives in a bubble in a dark yep. room and while for years people were doing that and not getting well, you know, we finally had a breakthrough when about seven or so years ago, an amazing set of studies came out that said, when you get back to physical and cognitive and emotional activity, the next day after a brain injury, specifically a mild one called a, called a concussion, which is 99% of all injuries, if you get back the next day and then actually get physically active that day and cognitively active, go back to school, go back to work, go back to sports without contact. But, right. but if you do that, you get less symptoms. You get back to moving faster and better and a week later, two weeks later, you're back to normalcy. You know, and, and you know, most of us who were athletes or, or who were, you know, were, 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 were veterans knew that activity is what life is about right you know and, and and you know again i don't blame the movies it's cool i don't blame <laughs> prior scientists or clinicians who gave them bad information that's how we used to treat heart heart attacks that's how we used to treat back right. pain was rest rest is not our friend right rest is not you know restorative rest at night is different but the, during the daytime get up and move, move and do yep. it and get back to activity what did you like this is a, a random question but like what did you do athletically growing up like how did I mean, this is a multi question. Like, how did you get into what you're yeah. doing? Like, did you have a concussion growing up and, like, you became right. interested in it? Yeah. Know? Yeah, well, well, I mean, I, I, I was fortunate to be a bad athlete my whole life, <laughs> but be passionate about it. Played right. every sport, you know, full, through my body and brain and soul into all the sports, whether I played a lot of basketball, I played contact football like crazy, right. I played, you know, softball, I played tennis, I played... You know, uh, you know, there, I didn't play hockey, but I played street hockey. So, you know, I played every sport. You know, I had two brothers growing up, and we were, you know, always doing something physical. You know, boxing, wrestling. So, there were, you know, no holes barred. You boxed? Yeah, I boxed. Wow. I was actually a good boxer uh, at a young age, and but fortunately, my brain was more directed <laughs> towards doing intellectual things and, and and spent a lot more time going to school and reading and doing science projects. But but I always played sports every season, and and you know, I can. F easily recollect six specific concussions yep. from you know age let's say six to age 18 uh, that, that that occurred that uh, you know I, I had for the most part playing sports whether organized or, or non-organized sports and you know recall vividly the you know w what occurred and also recall that back then fortunately I wasn't diagnosed right. because otherwise I would have been put in a dark <laughs> room you know in, in the in this <laughs> 60s 70s and 80s I would have put in a dark room which is not how I would have been treated right. but I recall the, the event I recall not feeling well but I also recall going back into the game say or the next day being active and not having had any repercussions you know, and not having difficulty. I may have had some nagging headache. I may have been a little dizzy. And maybe my thinking skills were slightly slowed for a week or two. But, you know, not to the point where it affected my life, et cetera. And, and you know, I had a mom who was a nurse. And she was very caring and loving. But she pushed us right out and right. said, 
you know, Dave, you've got a big bump on your head. <laughs> yes, you were a little confused, but get back out there. We've got sports to play. She was ahead of was her time. Nice. Yeah, she was. She was progressive. And maybe that's where I got the passion from. That had nothing to do with my getting into the brain injury field. Right. You know, I, it made me appreciate the brain, but, you know, I had a knee injury two knee injuries playing sports. So I, you know, that maybe made me passionate, but my passion was actually because I saw so many differences in people um, that I worked with as an undergraduate and even high school, people with disabilities, people with, with re a mental retardation, people with psychological issues that, that, you know, I, I became fascinated with, with how those people were cared you for. Really a lot with veterans, which I think is absolutely amazing. And I, we can, talk about the grant that you just received here at VCU. Um, but I think what you do with veterans is astounding. Like it's, it's, but I mean, you also work with, with athletes, but I think not that I want to tear it down, but mm -hmm. I think, would you say that you work more with the veterans now than, than athletes? Yeah. I mean, yeah maybe for, that has yeah, for, for about the last 20 years, you know, so, so I, you know, I, I began in just a general brain injury um, uh, work where I deal with people that were in car accidents, people that had falls, people that had, were, were traumatized versus via uh, domestic or, or civilian violence. And, and, you know, so I, 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 I honed my craft in a wide range of people from adults to elders, excuse me, from young people to elders to nursing home work to to pediatric concussion sports I did all that you know and, and you know absolutely loved it and then about 20 years ago when the Iraq and Afghan war started I, I had the privilege of really being involved in the uh, with veterans and service members because of my clinical skill sets and then really dove into that and saw that not only was this a, a group of, in, of individuals and American heroes that need the best care and that, that, was, that was something that I felt passionate about and honored to be treating, but also more challenging than any um, civilian or sports injury I had ever seen and, and have ever seen. You know, I've seen the worst of the worst injuries where people are in coma and need major uh, cranial surgery, but that's just neurophysiology and that's, and that's you know, fascinating and not easy yeah. on its own. But what, what layer service members and veterans offer, particularly in times of war, where there's intense trauma and there's emotional you know, destruction and there's death, is the layer of neurophysiologic difficulties, psychologic difficulties, cultural issues, societal issues, all bearing down on a single individual. Yeah. Um, and their family and, you know, an entire system or systems of care have been set up in this nation and even internationally to provide specialty care for these specific individuals who have been brain injured, possibly also otherwise physically injured with amputations, burns, spinal cord injuries, um, but also have this intense psychological and emotional stressors on them from, from you know, being involved in near death and death experiences and the violence of war. And to me, it was just intellectually fascinating. But probably even more important, I felt that I had a skill set and experience that allowed me to help these folks more than most. Um, and you know, it's, it, there's been a number of very positive experiences that I've had as a result of that. But I do it not because of big grants or because right. it makes me feel special, but, but really because it just intellectually challenges me over and over. And, you know, and it's so unique. Um, to, to provide. No, and I care. know Chris and I like feel like lucky as hell to be able to work with you and you know develop the the journal that we developed together, and and you know wanting to get that in the hands of veterans and and athletes and actually really anybody. I mean, do you? I mean, I know you believe in it, but like that that idea of like 
getting out of your mental space with a creative activity, like, do you, I don't know, this is a weird or hard question. I mean, do you, th is there, is there actual evidence of restorative benefits of what we say getting in the flow? Like you said earlier, like that creative activity of, of like taking your, your mind or your brain out of that busy space that, you know, the, the stressors of daily life, you know, just as a normal human, but like beyond when like you're talking with, with athletes or veterans, how do you think that operates and how, I mean, it can be really anything creative, like my music. <laughs> yeah, your my wonderful music, yes, which is, which is really awesome, by the way. I do like it. It's still in my head. But, I mean, my, yeah, well, yeah well, what, what you're talking about, you know, is something that has been a move in this country, at least, at least for the last 20 years. But, you know, internationally, it's what we've always known is that, you know, the brain or the heart or any body part doesn't just benefit from a single linear approach to care or wellness. You know, that it isn't like, you know, well, I hurt my knee, therefore I put ice on it and put a brace and do exercises, right? Those may be some valuable things, but if you're not surrounding that body part, or in this case, the brain, with what we call whole health approaches, right. where, yes, there may be specific medicinal approaches to headache pain, or there may be a specific exercise approach to, you know, to dizziness that work after brain injury. But that is very, you know, uh, uh, single focused and it's going to work a percentage of time, but it's not going to be the complete wellness that the brain needs because a brain that has headaches doesn't just have one problem with it. You know, when you have problems with headaches, you're going to also have problems with sleep. Always. You're going to have problems with concentration. You're going to feel stressed. You're going to have physical limitations, right? Right away, I've just added four or five new levels to it. And if you think a single pill is going to treat those four or five levels, you are not providing the best care for individuals. And that's what I think is interesting yeah. is like the, the medical side compared to the... the I don't want to... The, the non-medical right. side or like the prescription of right. pills as... As instead of like prescribing a journal, right? Well, and and you know the whole health concept isn't we can offer one or the other, right. or I now have five thousand potential things, which you used to call complementary and alternative medicine. Like those are actually the things that work best, right? Which is so weird that that you know Western medicine, what we think about, sort of what I was trained, what I practiced, you know, are fine for some things, for simple things. But if you truly are dealing with a complex issue, whether it's trying to be a high-performance athlete, which is extremely complex and takes into account 50 different things, or a recovering veteran who's been injured in war, or a child who has gotten a sports injury and has to go back to school in his peer life, that is, that is a, such a complex issue that if you're not using all of these elements, journaling, yeah. um, you know, um, creativity, art, dance, yeah. um, um, uh, diet, exercise, restorative so sleep. Again, the if, diet. Thing, di I I'm gonna, I gotta get yeah. there, but, 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 <laughs> but if, you're doing, if you're not doing all those things and you're not doing what we call in the VA, whole health medicine, the yeah. rest of the world seems to call it integrative medicine, doesn't matter what the term is, but, but to realize you know, all of those things contribute to it. And from a scientific standpoint, I do a lot of you know, reading of science journals and I'm, I'm fascinated that there are, like this, there are like five themes for brain health, whether it's dementia health or brain injury health, uh, that, 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 or developmental brain problems that, 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 that keep coming out. And they're the same thing, which is it isn't just unidimensional. There really isn't a surgery. There really isn't a pill. 
All right, there really isn't a, a drug test, a blood test, or, a, or an MRI. I do a lot of MRI research and biomarker research, and those are fascinating things. And they're giving us a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a feel for how the brain works, a little bit of the elephant to to look at. But the biggest part of the ele- elephant are the thing are the you know the things of diet, exercise, restorative rest, meditation, relaxation, you know, and then overall physical health. Not just worrying about your brain, but how is my heart doing? Right. How, is, how is my liver doing? How are my lungs doing? You know, if I'm smoking or vaping and, then, and I've got a brain injury or I've got back pain and I'm worried about it, but I'm doing those things, I'm really talking out of both sides of my mouth. Yeah. I don't blame patients or family members or other folks for, for not getting that. But, but trust me, we are an amazing organism, but we work as one. You don't get to vape. Right. And then get a brain injury or, or not do well in school and wonder what, how are those things connected. And it isn't just this recent rash of deaths from vaping that makes it bad. Yeah. Vaping or smoking or eating at a fast food restaurant, which has a lot of fat and animal protein in it, are all going to damage your brain and not let it, not let it do well and likely cause dementia over time. Yeah. Increasing evidence suggests that. But, but there are five articles that come out a week on how to prevent or slow down dementia, how to treat brain injuries. And the recurring theme are those five elements I just talked about. And yet, yet people continue to be munching on a burger or even that silly impossible burger, which is no better than a regular burger that's garbage. You know, they're not eating a, a whole, you know, a, a you know, whole food plant-based diet. It's, it's unbelievable. And yet, you know, they'll come to me and I'm sympathetic and love all, it's great, but, but you know, they'll not have exercise. They haven't done their four to seven, 4,000 to 7,500 steps a day, which is the gold standard. You don't need to do more than 7,500. You certainly can, but 4,000 to 7,500 is kind of where you want to live. You want to live in a diet that's about 2,000 calories, that's plant-based if possible. Yeah. You know, that you, you want to have one that's, that's, that um, has got 25 gram, grams of, of uh, milligrams of fiber in it. You want, I mean, it's a standard diet. It isn't yeah. rocket science. Right. It really is pretty straightforward. <laughs> you want to be sleeping seven hours a day in a restorative environment. You don't want a video game half an hour before you sleep. You want to stop. You don't want to drink coffee afternoon. You don't want to, you know, you, you don't want to be having a massive meal at 9 p.m. and then wondering why you're having odd dreams and, and indigestion or feel like your heart <laughs> is skipping a beat overnight. You know, you, you, you want to be figuring out how to de-stress, you know, on a regular basis. Not, you don't have to go to hot yoga every night or you don't have to, you know, go to a guru for extensive deep dives for two months. Those are great things to do. But, but you can learn them yourself. But you can do them yeah. every 50 minutes yeah. by deep breathing and, and, and you know, using spe- simple, simple techniques. Yeah. You know, and, and, and these things you know, are not just pretty good things to do and you know, something you get a gift certificate, you yeah, can go do that. Super cool. Yeah, it's all, yeah, it's all rad, man. You know, <laughs> we, we love Lululemon. It's all wonderful. But, but these are things that you have. Th- these, are, these are foundational. Right. These are rotating the tires, putting gas in the car, changing the oil. You know, these are basic things. Anything above that, you know, so, you know, anything that deals with, you know, you know, really, really intensive exercising or intensive diet base, that's cool, but do the it's, basics, right. right? And one of the basics is being creative, yep. is using the journal, is, is, is being artistic, is, is 
understanding that it's all linked together and you know the 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 the, the handbook regarding the flow is a great way to kind of bring that together yep. you know you can use other things it's fine but but this is a you know handy dandy inexpensive thing that works you know and 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 you know once you've done that you've done those five or six basic things you've used this journal etc then if you're still having difficulties then we can start to layer on the next level but but don't jump to hyperbaric oxygen which by the way doesn't work don't jump to you know emg biofeedback right. you know cognitive retraining which probably doesn't work well either but but you know or blue light you know it's in, i always think of blue light special but right. there's a lot of like asperger's autism approaches to blue light or ketogenic which is equal to garbage diets you know you know we need to you know, those are interesting, and if you're desperate, go for it. If you have, you know, Lyme's, Lyme disease times 10 and right. nobody can find it, but you think you have it, do whatever you like, but please start with core. Right. The ba every athlete knows that. Every, every special forces person realizes, I got to take care of this machine that is my body well, first. Well, we always say that, like, veteran or military personnel train, like, Athletes. Of course they do. I mean, that's yeah. the same thing. Yeah. And that's why, like, again, why we created this journal, why you helped us create this journal, was that idea of we talk about exercising the body all the time. All, I mean, that's, you know, constant. But we don't talk about exercising the mind and or, like, restorative, mm -hmm. you know. And, and so, like, this was created in that manner of thinking about creativity as a practice, as a training mechanism that... We all have this in us, but most people stop. And it's like, this is actually a mental wellness tool. But one of the saddest things I hear is that, that I, I work with a lot of um, high-level professionals in, in law and administration, as well as physicians as well. And very few people read on a regular basis. Yep. Like, read books, yep. you know? And, and I guess it can be on a silly iPad thing, if you wish. But, but just read. People aren't exercising their brains in any way. They're not drawing, yeah. you know, do, even doodling, you know, yeah. like, like it's somehow it's a bad, like to them it's a bad thing. It's like, no, doodling is creative as heck. And it's, it's, they it, say that's like one of the best things you can do. Oh, I've it's, read it's more important books. than listening to the committee meetings yeah. that I'm running for sure. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, but you can be, you know, doodling lets it go, lets it be creative. Oh, it is, you know, creativity is, is all, whether it, it can be sculpting, it can yeah. be dancing by yourself with friends, it can be creating music, it can be gardening. I mean, yep. you've got to do those things. Watching television is not creative right. at any level. Video gaming is 99.9% .9 not creative at any level. You know, if you if that's how you de-stress, which is a little odd, but if that's how you de-stress, I'll give you that for half an hour, yep. all right? And it's not socializing <laughs> if you're in your room on a headset with some guy you don't even know, right. all right? Socialization, we haven't even talked about that. Yeah. Being a social animal, all right, talking to folks on a regular basis, being part of a healthy group. Yep. You know, a group of people that aren't healthy is probably better. Is probably not as good as being alone. <laughs> but but being with a social group that'll give you positive and negative feedback and support. Blah blah. Being part of a, a common cause, whether that's rooting for the VCU Rams or whether that's you know being a, a group of people that likes to ride a motorcycle. That's important too. Um, but but people just don't do that, you know. They they think that it's social to go on the internet and text or I am or I think it's social to post or whatever people do these days. But but really, you know, these are basic things. And the journal talks about all of those things. Yeah. That's why we've put it together in a very simple way. You know, yeah. there are 
books that have been written on this. There are tomes. I've written a book on it that nobody's read except me. There, there are videos. There I are promise online. I'll buy there, it tomorrow. Yes, yeah, no, I'll give it to you. There, there, are, there are online you know, ways to, to, to kind of be creative. That's good, too. You know, Oprah's thing on, on terms of meditation is fantastic. Yeah. Whatever it takes is great. You know, but do it. I do think the that's foundations. the thing is like to keep things simple. Yeah. Like because yeah. it's like every day to go to go to, to a gym. That's simple. Like mm -hmm. as long as you get into the habit, it's like for the for the the journal. It's like again, like you can go outside of the journal, but it's that idea of doing it every day, and I, you know it's we're a habit based entity. We are as mm -hmm. humans, but. It's that starting thing. Like, well, it, it is. I mean, how many people, myself included, say, you know, I, I really should start a different way of X. You know, I yeah. can't say I should start a diet because I'm always on a diet. Yeah. But, <laughs> but we should say I should start a diet or I should start going to the gym or I should start, you know, uh, um, uh, sketching more or I should go to church, whatever I should do. And then two months later, you're like, you know, if I had started that day, I'd be two months exactly. in. Exactly. You know, because that is the key to everything. Right. You know, I can I can share with folks that, you know, if you want to be successful in maintaining your weight or get or exercising or sleeping well, start right now. Well, and so right I, now. like you just, just talked about exercising. I just read an article because I do cardio every day. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, just, it's a habit. Again, like it's a former athlete thing and it's part of my daily ritual. But I just read and you kind of mentioned this earlier. It's like. You don't really have to go out and run an ultra marathon because once, I think the article said it's like 10 or 15 minutes with cardio. And it's like everything after that is kind of like, eh, it yeah. doesn't really do a well, lot. Well, and, and as you said, it needs to be actually part of your life. So, yep. so it's wonderful to do yoga. It's yep. wonderful to do Pilates and cardio, you know, in, in, in safe and consistent ways. It's fantastic. I mean, please do it. Do it every day. Yep. You know, and probably 30 minutes to 45 minutes a day is wonderful, all right? But in reality, just keep moving. Because if you've ever been in a jungle or in a forest or in a desert, there aren't treadmills, there aren't marathons, there aren't like, you know, we're going to, you know, all, you know, I don't know, do some exercise together. It's nice, it's cute, but you don't see a bunch of rats lining up and stretching, all right? They are actually moving their entire lives. And in the wild, you don't see fat animals. Part of it is because there isn't a lot of food. There aren't, you know, drive throughs which is good. But they're always moving. They're always active, all right? And, and if, if you're not, then you're going to have difficulties. You know, it's that simple. That. It's that simple. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but, but, but so, you know, so, so as I said before, you know, wonderful research came out of the, the large uh, Harvard uh, nurses study just recently, which said that the optimal lifespan and lowest risk of cardiovascular injuries as well as cardiovascular accidents, heart attacks, uh, but, but as well as muscular injuries occur when you walk or move between 4,000 to 7,500 steps a day. Less than that, you don't get good fitness, you don't get good wellness. Above that, you have a higher risk of having falls or musculoskeletal injuries. Always happy to have folks do more. That's never an issue as a physician. Yep. I, you know, there's always hype, you know, ultra marathoners and people that are addicted to exercise. Don't have a lot of those in my practice. Right. They don't come to see doctors, you know. So, so, so the folks that are challenged are like, just do 4,000 steps a day to start see, with. See, technology right? is good. Right. It is. Like no, they it put is. that, Gives that feedback. thing on your iPhone. Gives like, feedback. My mom yeah. actually uses that every yeah. day. Look, looks at it every yeah, day. Yeah, it's great. Like, okay. And, and it, it, you know, it doesn't have to be that accurate right. you know you know it, it's a it's a for you it's a good baseline you know shoot for the 7500 because it, you can always fall a little bit short but 
different, but, but it's wonderful to do cardiovascular. It's wonderful to do strengthening exercises. You know, the core strengthening is ideal to prevent falls, to help with back pain, et cetera. But all of it is good. Yep. You know, you know, you know, walk to walk up the stairs, you know, do your own gardening, clean your house, go for a swim, which is my passion, uh, you know, swim. you know, you know, uh, uh, climb a ladder in a safe way, whatever you want to do, you know, walk up and down, you know, steps in a gym, whatever, you know, but but do it, be moving, you know, you know, you know, be on a regular standardized diet approach be on do exercise, do do your meditation or relaxation, whatever word you feel comfortable with, do your creativity sessions, and all of it can be creative. You can actually be yep. singing while you're exercising. You can be, <laughs> you know, you can be doodling while you're at work, as we talked about, you know, all of I, this. I is... tell my students to do that during, in, in the lecture halls, because they actually say you retain sure. more well, information. You, you can associate it, too. Yep. You, you know, your brain is open and expressive, and, you know, you, you need to be listening yeah. well enough. You can't just let, you know, while people think that you can get a creative genius by putting Mozart on your on your belly when you're pregnant, you know, that's <laughs> that's nice for soothing. It's not bad for the brain, but but it takes, you know, it takes, you know, um, directed attention, what we call mindfulness to really, you know, be focused on something, whether that's being physically creative and, and being an athlete or whether that's being a thinker or whether that's being a musician, you have to be mindful of what you're doing. Over time, you get second nature and you can do things, do things regularly. But even the highest performing athlete needs to be able to become more mindful when he or she wants to go to another level, whatever that level is. And you've is. worked with a lot of like pro athletes, which I think is like really cool. And, and I know we've talked about different ways that we're, you know, we're trying to get the journals into the hands of pro athletes because we think it is like a really easy way for them to de-stress and be mindful and stuff. But what are some of the things that you've done with athletes in terms of creative practice or, or I guess, different different routes that you've taken with them? Yeah, 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 you know, the, the biggest um, challenge with any athlete, and, you know, you know it's uh, having never been a high-performance athlete, I can only, you know, uh, um, uh, uh, speak from, from the ones I've worked with and in my experience and my reading, but, you know, is they've reached the level of professional athlete or near-professional athlete by doing something, all right? You know, you know, they all believe it's, quote, God-given talent, but reality, it's all perfected over time, and they, there was something about their routines that got them there. Genetics may play a role, and, you know, and, and what they were exposed to as children with their parents may have played a role as well, as well. But, but they've got a routine. They've got a, I remember sometimes, you said that about yeah. Yager, for yeah. instance, would yeah. go yeah. into the BB&T at what? Yeah, yeah, you know, I I, I was uh, blessed to spend a little bit of time with Yarmir Yager for about two years uh, in the NHL. Uh, I wasn't on the the team. I was one of the one of the physicians involved in it. What? But 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 Yogs had a routine, and you know what? It, whether it was you know getting on the ice by himself with a trainer at midnight and skating while pulling around the trainer on you know the trainer was in like in boots and he would drag him around like a sled, or before each game he would ice his brain you know for about twenty minutes because he believed that Einstein somehow said that it was good for your brain. I don't think Einstein ever said that, <laughs> and I think Yogs doesn't either. But 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 you know he's in a he's in a groove. He's in a and some of those routines are good. I think Yager's routines were good. Right. All right, because they and he was uh, physically as physically fit as anybody I've ever seen. Um, but many many folks are again very linear. They've done these exercises. They've done this routine to warm up. They've done this, and they haven't 
realize that maybe their body is aging or their diet eventually caught up with them. Or, um, and so, you know, well, the hardest thing is actually saying, you know what, what you've done is awesome. I don't want to change it, but let's pivot a little Tweak bit. Let, let, let's look at wor wor working on your core more than just your thighs, all right? <laughs> let's work on doing exercises that aren't back and forth but rather are more dynamic as we, as we see in, in hockey or in football or in basketball. Let's do things that strengthen your power, which is you know, you know, how you're moving something with force over a distance or, or in, in a space as opposed to just back and forth in a very controlled way. You know, and and you know, let's do cross training. And you know, it's, it's hard because I'm a physician or a, or a researcher and they're an athlete and they're yeah. like, what do you know, doc? I'm like, well, you know, by definition, you've come to me or the coach has asked me to see you or what, or it's the routine because we're seeing a lot of injuries or we're seeing that over time, you know, on your best day, that's perfect for you. But when you're a little tired for, you know, in, in the third period or when it's, you know, 50 games in or when you've had another injury, let's say to your ankle, well, then your brain isn't going to be able to stay as focused. So, so the biggest thing is getting them to be open to new things, being, getting yep. them to be creative. Yep. And, and, you know, and actually in the NHL, the folks that I've worked with, there's typically a psychologist whose job it is to, to take the athlete to a different space. You know, to, to have them do a drum circle, to have them look at their diet in different ways and being creative, bring a chef in, you know, or, or to, to spend time doing something other than, than video gaming and playing hockey, right. which is what a lot of them do in, in the NHL, but rather to have them work on being creative or even just doing a physical activity that's a different muscle set that isn't just their, their hips and thighs and, yep. you know, lower back that really is looking at their ankles and their knees, looking at their shoulders, looking at their neck and doing things differently. Or after they've had an injury, rather than following some protocol that's 20 years old or going to a mystic or, you know, or, or doing what, what some of them do. Yeah, you know, hat, right. right. But, you know, it, it's to say, you know, there are, there are ways of, of approaching the whole body after a brain injury or the whole body after a hip injury. That, that, that can help you not only short term to feel better and so get back on the ice. It's a perfect time to like sit there and be in the journals, like when you're in the training room course, getting oh yeah. like ice. Of course, like, not, they're not, you know, no, they are listening to music, yeah. or they, which is good, or they are watching mindless television, which is not so good. Um, but 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 they certainly could be doing things even as a group, and and yeah. I think group creativity yeah. is the ultimate. Yeah, because because gives, that's team. Yeah, you know, absolutely. and that, and that and also that's. That's taking you outside of your own brain space. Yep. You know, I mean, some of us are so creative and so amazing that our brain space isn't just I do this all the time. You know, and they get out of the routine. But but but, but, did you but talk with others, to, like, did you talk to like I won't say just Yager, but like the team or your the athletes about their nutrition and stuff as oh. well? See, I mean, that's I think that becomes like really different. You know, I, I keep going back to to diet, but I do think that people don't associate brain health with nutrition right. i don't think so right but. no well and, and and there's two two points to that one is uh, just about all research in dementia and 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 cognitive slowing and decline with with age not necessarily full dementia but even that all of those speak specifically about the role of diet yeah. all right and not like you should eat well but there's a specific diet focused on plant-based nutrition because cholesterol and high fat are what are causing the majority of dementias that we know. 
All right. So that's number one. I mean, it's not like like this is just my passion or somehow I right. got a bumper sticker and got excited about saving <laughs> pl- saving animals, which I did. But 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 like this is what the research focuses on: diabetes and, and the next step, which is called metabolic syndrome, is the cause of these declines. It's not just heart disease; it's brain disease. Yep. Because ready for this, folks? The <laughs> blood vessels that go to your heart also go to your brain, and a clogged Shocking. tube is a clogged tube. But you know that's one is element. This, should we it. put the breaking news? Yeah, yeah, on the just as it. Okay. Yeah, forget about you know <laughs> kill, get, fixing ISIS. We 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 figured out the the brain health. But but that's number one. The other thing is, you know, if you haven't given yourself the chance to be on an amazingly healthy diet. All right, be on a pure vegetable diet for a week or a month. You have no idea what I'm speaking of. You know, and again, I'm, I'm not born again. I'm not, you know, I've, I've been through it all. I've been a vegetarian for more than 10 years. You know, this isn't, this isn't, didn't just happen. But be a, first to be a vegetarian, because that's, that's a lot for people. But then give yourself a week or a month as a vegan. Not, not, again, it's great for animals. It respects their, their autonomy. I think that's very important. But you will feel like a different person, yep. all right. And 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 you know, not just that it feels good inside emotionally, but your your body will have more life to it. Your brain will be sharper, you know. And over time, that becomes the new normal. So it's not like you just feel good for a week and you go to the bathroom and you poop a lot and you feel well and like, wow, what was I thinking? I don't have indigestion, all that. It, you know, I didn't even have those problems. But but that's cool. That's yep. really cool to always feel you know lighter in your feet, so to speak. But, but, but you just are sharper. You're yep. crisper. You don't have any of those issues. So, you know, so that's not the only answer. It's everything we've talked about. Right. But in it's part of the, the Flow Journal, yeah. it talks about wellness related to diet as well. And if you think about it, it's what we are. Every part of our bodies are from what we have eaten. Originally, it was from what our mother ate, and hopefully she was healthy. But, but then it's what you eat. There's nothing else going in there. Right. You know, yes, there are some environmental toxins and there's an occasional, you know, if you live in, in Michigan, you're drinking some lead, you know, just for the hell of it. But but most of us, it's we what we're like putting in Michigan anyway. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. They're, they're the, the blue. Right. Um, but 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 so, you know, so, you know, it, it doesn't have to be overriding you. I don't think you need a juicer. I don't think you have to just go raw vegan and just eat fermented vegetables. You know, I did a raw you know, vegan yeah. thing. God bless for, you. Actually, probably two weeks. It was pretty. I mean, it is. It's astounding when. I mean, I, I'm primarily vegetarian. I'll have something every once in a while, um, mm-hmm. but it is kind of astounding what how you, you're correct. You do feel different. Yeah, no, and, no, it's it, it's night and day. And then the next level is when you're on a regular sleep pattern. Yeah. And then when you get into regular aerobic and strengthening exercises. And then when your mind is cleared by meditation or relaxation programs and by being creative. Yeah. Then you're ready for the field, the ball field. Then your field, adrenals right? are like right. kicking. Yeah. Like, and then you're like yeah. sleeping like a baby. It's crazy. And waking up with yeah. energy. Right. And you're almost then looking for problems in your body. Yeah. Things are working so it's like But it's like getting a nice new car or gently used car. You're like, this is amazing. Like, do you worry about when it's going to break down? No. Then you take the car for a spin. Yep. And that spin is unbelievable. <laughs> Everything you do in your life yep. is unbelievable. And, and, and you look around you and you're like, how are people not feeling this well and, and getting into the groove? And they'll ask you, where are you getting your energy from? Where are you getting your creativity from? How have you taken your basketball game to the next level? Yeah. How, are, you know, how are you working so well at work? Why are you happy? Right. I mean, actually, to me, that's all that matters, actually. Why are you so happy? I'm like, 
Like, you know, it, it, it is hard to explain, but it's just you feel the juices flowing well, through you. I sometimes you. feel like I have to apologize I know, for being happy. I know, I know. I mean, and you really, should. Truly, I, yeah, I, 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 I apologize to you I'm, right now. I Really, I'm just, I feel I'm so, so, you know, and sorry. this is without any yeah. illicit substances or illicit substances. You know, if you... Well, th- it is if, nine in the morning. Yeah, so well, yeah, give it time. But, but if those are your things, then you can actually do that, the legal things. Yeah. And realize that you're going to feel great the next day because you haven't overdone it and you've taken it as part of the diet. Wanted to take a second to remind everyone to check out the Abstract Athlete Creative Training Journal available on our web shop store and Amazon. Thank you again for listening. And now back to Dr. David Seafield. What are your feelings actually on marijuana? Like in terms of like, I mean, this, I mean, we've yeah, never yeah. actually, I don't even know if we've talked about this before, but I mean, because it is becoming, I would prefer that to be legal than like the Vicodins and the Oxycodone and all these things that are, Yeah. You know. what, what I'd say is that there are two things. Number one is there is a specific role for medicinal marijuana, all right, for, for, for you know, for um, uh, people that have specific issues related to pain, anxiety, yeah. there are some diet issues, some you know uh, glaucoma type issues. So, so let's let's not confuse it. So that yeah. has a role, and you know that should be done under the care of a professional yeah. person who's experienced with that. That's number one. Number two is before we're going to use medications that affect our brain, let's get it optimally healthy. All right. So if you're if you've done the things we've been talking about, and you're at that level, and you're feeling awesome, right, and you feel the need to do a, a cannabinoid, to do, uh, to, if you feel the need to do THC, whatever, don't vape it, by the way, do not <laughs> vape it. But, but if that's your desire and it's legal where you are, yep. then that's not an issue. Just as yep. having a beer or having a, right. you know, if you were into the purity of a vodka, you yep. know, if you're, you know, yep. that's fun, whatever you want, have one, yep. all right? You know, have a small dose of yep. THC if that, it's a legal error because that stuff is strong yep. these days, I've heard. All right, but, but so really make sure that, that you're doing, you know, so you don't, you don't suddenly go out and play the Super Bowl because right. you just feel like doing it. You've prepared for it. So, but you know, if, if you feel like, you, you know, that's what you want to do, then do it. I will bet that if you've done all these things, you'll be high all the time anyway. Yep. And whether you do it or not isn't important. You do that's it if you do it right. Go with I the mean, flow. Yep. Do it. Yep. You know, but don't do it because you're stressed. Right. Don't do it because peer pressure. Don't do it because, well, I want to experiment. Do it because I'm feeling so good and it's part. it feels right. It's the right thing. It's legal. It's, yep. I'm doing it controlled. I think way. The, that's the reason cool. why I ask because I do think that, it, you know, particularly in the NFL, it has, it's starting to get traction in terms mm-hmm. of do we decriminalize this in the league and... <clears throat> I guess maybe that's in all sports, but well, I, mean, I think uh, well, the yeah. contact. Well, when it comes to the NFL, I think you know the, the answer would be, as long as it's part of a comprehensive right. wellness right. program, and people understand that they got to do everything else because you are at significantly higher risk of having long-term problems, right. not just with your brain, but every body part when you're of immense size and speed yeah, yeah, yeah. and you bang into one another and you throw your body around for six months a year and you know so you know over over 20 years that's a risky behavior yeah. so if you're doing everything to optimize it as our friend Vernon Davis clearly is doing yeah. he's doing all the right things and you feel that you want to do something else do that yeah. I probably wouldn't recommend you do it during the regular season, A, because it's not legal, but also B, because at that point, your brain is being injured or 
or at risk for being injured on a regular basis. You know, it, 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 it certainly is. And your body needs full ability to cleanse the brain using what's called the glymphatics every night. You need to be tip-top performance. So probably not the time to be doing that. If you do it, just be aware there is going to be somewhat of a risk. Well, they always say, what do they always say? Like playing football. I mean, I haven't played football forever, but, you know, it's like being in a car crash every play. It is. No, it is. And yeah. actually, Percy and I were talking about that. And I said, I quit football because I hated being hit. I didn't mind hitting people. Oh, of course not. But, and he said the exact same thing, which yeah. I found, you know, I always assume that the guys that play in, in the league, that they don't care if they get hit or do the hitting. But it's, I think it's actually really like, People really don't like getting hit. They don't mind doing the hitting, but yeah. it's that which is strange. Yeah, yeah. Although you know, it's con it's a control issue too. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you are willing to launch as a projectile into another human being and you somehow like that thought, then of course you're gonna like it. But very few people like being shot at. Yeah. Very few people like <laughs> having a car driven at them at a high speed. You know, so it's kind of the same thing. And and you know, as, as someone who's never experienced anything more than high school football, yeah. that was painful enough for oh, me. Was. Um, but, but certainly the next level is, is and, and nowadays it's beyond imaginable. But, yep. you know, again, it's like anything else. If you prepare yourself for the event and you're taking care of yourself and you understand the risks and benefits, and there are a lot of benefits, but there are also a lot of risks, it's fine. But again, getting back to the cannabinoids or THC, you know, I, I, I can't wave that flag and say it's, it's, it's the right thing to do in general. Right. You know, just because, you know, just like alcohol. The way they work, the reason you feel a certain way when taking those agents agent. is because it is bathing your brain in, in substances that have specific trans, neurotransmitters in the brain that, are, that it mimics that give you an altered sensation, altered feeling. All right? And, and you know, if you're at the highest level and you want to get to another level and, and you understand the risks, it's fine. Yep. But I like my brain and I like other people's <laughs> brains performing at, at full at full you know capacity all the time and those agents alcohol as well and even nicotine nicotine yep. gum all those things change the way your brain's functioning and probably not something you want to do without understanding that you know this is this is never going to make me better it may it may transiently give me a different feeling but in terms of if you want to be the best you can be right. going back to the military then you know don't add things to your body that that affect the brain in any way well, do you want to, I mean, talk, you just received this grant, which, I mean, do you want to talk a little bit about, like, what the outcomes or where where that's going? I mean, because I think, I mean, it's it's astounding. Like, it's so, it's really cool. Yeah. Well, um, and it's through, we both work at VCU, and it's through that. And we can also talk a little bit, I know you have a meeting in a little while, but we can also talk about the fact that we're in the process of starting a minor here at VCU, mm -hmm. a creative practice minor. Um, yeah, and, and I think it all ties, ties together. together. You know, you know, yeah. we, we talked before about you know my passion for working with uh, the military and veterans, specifically helping individuals that have had combat-related injuries, uh, and, and in, in in my case, specifically brain injury, but also amputations, spinal cord burns, fractures, yeah. back pain. I mean, folks with veterans don't just have concussions, you know. Uh, um, but but so uh, um, uh, about ten years ago, there was a real movement on the part of uh, the, the U.S. government to better understand what's happening in wars. Um, hopefully, so that we can have 
service members and veterans who have great lives, not so we right. can be create better war machines. But but let's let's go let's go positive <laughs> on this one. Let's say because we want to respect and honor our service members and veterans, right. particularly with Veterans Day just around the corner. Um, you know you know so it's important. So so the, so the military and the VA. Uh, the Department of Defense and the Department of Veterans Affairs said, let's better understand this. And let's not just throw money at it as we've done in the past. Let's have a, an, a uniform consortium, a nationwide system of research that's all focused on wellness, on recovery of the brain, et cetera. So uh, to do that, they, 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 they did a lot of thinking and put a lot of panels together, what, whatnot. Then they put what's called a request for, for proposals out in around 2012 and said, we want a nationwide team of the best and the brightest to study combat concussions. And the price tag they put at it was about was $62.2 million. And at that number, there was a lot of eager takers. You know, I led a group of about 70 researchers from 30 different universities, 15 VAs, and 12 military treatment facilities, put together a 100-plus page proposal that said we have a five- to six-year plan to really lay out a program of study. So I was fortunate in 2013 to get that award. Um, you know, that award came in through VCU, Virginia Commonwealth University, and the Richmond VA called the Hunter Holmes McGuire VA. And it was my job to really help all of these researchers work on a single roadmap. And so we did that. Uh, we did that successfully for six years, rec recruited over 2,300 veterans and service members wow. to do this research. Wow. We have an electronic database mm -hmm. of over 2 million unique veterans and service members with all their records from across nine different data sets, everything medical, financial, administrative, what they did in the, in the military, what injuries they had their whole life. So we have this group of researchers across 20 states uh, in the District of Columbia that are all focused on you know, on studying how do these individuals do? Well, that was the first six years, getting this together. We had 60 publications. We found out a lot of interesting things. In a nutshell, we found out that most veterans, even those with combat concussions, the average was about four concussions during their multiple tours. Even, you know, most veterans are doing very well despite that, up to 19 years post their, their, their war injuries. So they were actually high functioning. More than two thirds were functioning just like you and I, working lives, happy with the way things were going. A third had a lot of, a third, so the other third, um, um, had difficulties that were significant enough to alter their lives, so they weren't at top performance, but they were working, they had families, you know, they weren't on unemployment, they weren't on significant disability, they were doing things, but not perfect and normal. So, so what we found out for the first six years is, there's a need. This isn't just like what we've always thought of concussions, which is you have one or two or six or whatever it is in your career and you shake them off and maybe sometimes you have a headache for a little bit, but you keep on going on. In veterans and people that have been exposed to combat, they were having some persistent difficulties. Female veterans, which was about 13% of our sample, had somewhat more symptoms than males, had some more difficulties in their lives. Um, but we weren't seeing dementia within those first 19 years. We weren't seeing Parkinson's. We weren't seeing X, Y, and Z. Our larger 2 million person data set found that there, there was an increase in those disorders, but it was very small but real. Did, I was going to say, did you, like, did the study, was it primarily like Vietnam era? Was it, I mean, because I think that becomes interesting because, you know, they, and this is just stuff that I read, you know, like the greatest generation, you know, the World War II vet, <clears throat> the tough tough people like that did you study their reaction because I mean again like I don't assume that the 
don't want to say it, like the the mental state of of the of that generation doesn't come up it as much as like maybe the more recent like the Afghan war the the Vietnam you know I mean I, yeah, I, yeah, I don't yeah. know if that's true yeah, no, no, it's well, something well, that I think that I've read in multiple areas and I'm curious if like the study did just like specifically like the Afghani like you know like desert storm or or, or was it like kind of spread yeah, multiple. yeah, yeah, and the sociology or the anthropology of war is is you know is is vital, and right. and, and the U.S. military has you know has has full time researchers that are looking at what is unique about the generational effect. Right. For this study, the the uh, the elements where we recruited new veterans and service members, right, which right. is about the twenty three hundred, those were all individuals that were from the the uh, second Gulf War, the Iraq okay. or Afghan wars. The larger data set of two million where we were finding these associations between concussive events, so mild brain injuries, as well as more severe brain injuries, and these long-term out- out- outcomes of dementia, Parkinson's, suicidality, opioid yeah. use, pain, those were all veterans. So in the bigger picture of all, we were finding these associations, but those were massive data sets, what we call big data. In the more refined prospective studies, which was up to 19 years, because the, you know, the, the war began in the year 2000, um, we were not seeing that. But it's possible that we were just too early in the course, or it could have been a different generation, so to speak. So for the next phase, so we spent $62.2 million lovingly and (laughs) did an amazing job. And by the way, if you want to look it up, it's www.cncstudy.org. That tells you a little bit about what, what what we found, what it's all about. There's what's called a knowledge translation center that has what I'm talking about, an even more simplified version for the right. for patients, families, the everyday person, as well as a section for researchers and clinicians. But so we did so well on that and really exceeded all goals that we competed and won the next five-year cycle of $50 million, where we're really going to hone in on all veterans. We're right. going to be recruiting to that, to that cohort to that set of, of patients, another 1,500 to 2,000 individuals who are going to be from all generations. Predominantly, they're going to be, you know, uh, Gulf War One, Vietnam, maybe some Korean, and of course the, the Gulf War Two. But we're hoping to round out with more Vietnam vets because there's a belief that those individuals had greater trauma psychological, had perhaps more risk factors, some of which we've talked about. Um, perhaps there was more drug use during right. that period. So those people may be at even higher risk, and maybe we're going to actually see the emerging cognitive decline, behavioral decline, what we call dementia in those folks, because we haven't seen it in our initial cohort. We're still following that group yeah. for life, so we may see it at year 25 or 30, all right? But we don't know that yet. But the great news is we have got a massive group of individuals, you know, across the nation. We have 11 uh, testing sites, 16 recruitment sites. We have this massive group that as new, innovative, and and exciting interventions, treatments come about, we have a group that tested in rapidly, all right? We're not experimenting on them like mice. We're going to make sure that, you know, we're going to make sure that these are individuals right. that understand what it is we're trying, but we're also going to be using techniques that are for the most part, harmless. If they don't work, we will prove that and right. get them out of the way. 
Hyperbaric oxygen is a great example. <laughs> We've done three of those studies right. on you know, for lots of money, no results. It's, you know, move on, all right? right? But what are some other ones? Right now we're looking at a thing called heart rate variability right. biofeedback. Yep. Uh, we're looking at the use of virtual reality for treatments. Uh, we're looking at, there's, a, there's some new headache medications that are from pharma that we're looking at. So we're gonna be able to do it quickly, effectively, you know, efficiently, and we're gonna be doing it on a group of people that are exactly who we wanna treat. Right. So we're not gonna be testing some volunteers from college or some volunteers from some workforce. We wanna find treatments for service members and veterans. That's what we're driven to do. Right. I will tell you, if it works on a veteran, if it works on a service member, it will absolutely work on a civilian right. or an athlete. Right. Because these are the highest risk, highest challenge. Challenge. You know, I realize professional athletes are another level, but man, service members and, veteran, service members and veterans are, the, are darn close to that. Both in terms of their physicality, but also the stress they're going through, the cognitive training they receive. So, so we, you know, we're excited for the next five years through 2024 across our, our, our Sensi program uh, to, to really be looking at um, growing the group to across all, all um, of, the, of the war errors, including Vietnam, possibly some Korea, but we're also looking at overlaying it with treatment studies because that's what people want no, and i think that that it is just interesting to think about like the different generations and how the response mechanism but i also like you know think about what you just said about if this works for veterans this will work you know because yeah. i think about the nfl alumni for instance and like the struggles i guess would be the best way that they've had mm -hmm. with you know particularly cte mm -hmm. and like really finding out what is why is this happening? What is going on? And, and, you know, like they didn't like the money for the NFL veterans is not a lot of money. Like, right. and like, well, right. I don't even know what the loss, I, I know there was a gigantic, loss. Yeah. I don't know what the total, no, it was like $5 billion. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. Oh, and, and, and 5 billion off? doesn't, doesn't no. go as far as it used to. Well, right. it's sort of like, it's sort of like dodgeball. If you can yeah. dodge a wrench, right. you can dodge a ball. <laughs> okay. So if you can, if we can treat, dodge, dip, if, dip, if we can dodge, treat dodge. individuals that have had you know, near-death experience, have been in combat, have had multiple concussions, um, you know, and have had all the stresses associated with that, both at the time of the injury beforehand, because they're in, they're in battle, yeah. afterwards when they've got to be kind of pulled away from the units. If we can get those people well, if we can understand their course of recovery for the good and bad, we will understand the basics of civilian injuries, uh, car crashes, traumas, as well as athlete athletic injuries uh the, the last thing i'll say on that before we move to whatever topic is next <laughs> is that the military is now very focused on what's called low-level blast injuries which is essentially um exposures that service members are are, are are receive while in training um from shooting off artillery from being on uh, being on big boats shooting off uh, their guns so they're getting hundreds of these exposures where they don't get concussions but their heads are rattled or they're you know they may get what are called sub concussion near concussions the reason i say that is that's exactly what professional athletes are getting exposed to. They're getting thousands of hits, maybe tens of thousands of hits during their career from peewee to professional, where maybe they had a concussion where they had an alteration in their thinking or they, you know, they were confused for a couple of seconds or, or they even blacked out. Yep. You know, they, that, that's a full concussion, but what about just short of that? Where they don't, you know, they're, they're so tough and able to take these things, they don't have any changes but their brain actually had a percentage of it injured, but not enough to cause the 
superficial or symptoms, all right? Same thing of these low-level blasts. So we're studying as part of what, what I'm doing now, the Sensi, you know, as, as, well as, as well as other studies that we're linked with, we're studying these multiple tens of, you know, tens, twenties, thirties, a hundred thousands of injuries as NFL players and probably NHL and, and other sports are exposed to. It. I think, I mean, I think, again, like maybe it's kind of going back to the generation thing that we were just talking about, but that idea of maybe knowledge is power. Um, sure. Because you think about, again, like the football players from the 60s, that some of those guys did get knocked out and then they came All back the in the game. But now, yeah. like, there's protocol. like, And I think it's the same way with, with military. Like, the idea that they're actually, you're studying this. Like, you're, like, showing sure. the importance of, like, wellness and, like, what causes different things. And, 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 and it's the same way that's happening in the NFL. Well, I guess all sports are finally acknowledging, understanding, researching, and trying trying to do better. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I think it's true of any uh, uh, illness or any, or you know, even something as simple as the stock market. You know, it's this it's this black box thing that kind of goes up most of the time, kind of goes down. People, you know, believe that it's all just based on whatever somebody says, and sadly, some of it might be. You know, and that's maybe true of dementia. That right. there's always going to be a piece we don't fully understand, or of you know, back pain or chronic arthritis. It doesn't have to be dementia, but but but. The more we know about it and can kind of pull the roof off and we can look down into it and say, you know what, it is not out of your control. It is not just your genes. Less than 8% of dementia issues are related to genetics. Less than 8%, all right? So yes, that's something that's 112th. I get the numbers, but we really have no control over that. Cloning and genetic engineering sounds good to Steven Spielberg, all right? right? And Tom Cruise seems to have made a career out of these weird futuristic movies, but not in our generation are we gonna alter genetics enough to fix the brain. Maybe cancer, maybe, you know, doubt the common cold, but but some, you know, maybe some heart disease, certainly some weird genetic abnormalities, you know, some one-offs, we're gonna be able to fix a little bit, but, you know, when it comes to your brain, Parkinson's, ALS, dementia, any other you know letters you want to kind of put together to and fear about your brain, all right? Please get off the genetics bandwagon. Get off that it's God's plan or it just right. happened to randomly be. You can believe that. Pray all you like. That's wonderful. But what can you do to control it? That's what knowledge gives us, right. all right? And you know, and that's why this these studies are fantastic. The best study ever done in the history of brain injury was when where people came to the emergency department with a concussion and half of them got specific education about what a concussion was, what they might expect short-term, what they might expect long-term, what they could actually do, the simple things. The other half were just brought in and said, looks like you had a concussion, not too sure what's going on. Uh, if you have a problem, go see a doctor. You know? And what, who would have guessed? Right. The half that were given basic information, not one-tenth of what we're sharing right here, basically that half did better by more than 50% of the folks that were just said, you look okay, go home, see your doctor, all right? So just that simple, simple, knowledge is power, right. all right? That doesn't mean there isn't gonna be 1% or 5% of people that don't have long-term difficulties. But let's assume, just based on simple numbers, that if you're in the 98%, you're gonna be very happy with your outcome. And you will be in the 98% of, of well, the goes pop, back to the of, five. But, right, right. There, there's, there's, just do those basics. Yep. Those will get you at least 75 to 80% of wellness. 
and prevent dementia. 75% of dementias and heart disease and diabetes are related to those five factors, not and genetics. So it, it always, it's crazy. Yeah, it, but it's, all, it's also just like it's, it's fascinating to me that we, it's not talked about. I mean, no. so you think about these, you know, I, I'm going back to the, again to the NFL that have been diagnosed with CT or they've yeah. already died and then their brains have been studying to have CT. It's like, why, why were they not given this? knowledge or did they not want it you know it's like I mean, right, maybe right. it's yeah. probably a 50 50 toss-up of like they didn't want it or like you know well well, well and, and and part of you know um what the sports folks are going through and part of what i'm going through is is you know you know um we're even allowed to talk about it. I mean, we can talk about it openly if these are the causes, but getting young people to engage in this, yep. you know, we need to give them a simple message. That's part of what our knowledge translation program is about. You know, I, I'm not here to wow you with statistics or graphs. I'm not here to tell you there are 500 things you, you should do. There are five things. Right. Five things, all right? <laughs> like, do five things. Or if you want to do two things, do it's exercise and right. diet, yeah. please. You know, add thir the third one, restorative, okay. you know, restorative sleep. We're going to put you know. the journal in there. Right. For right. No, 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 no. <laughs> that, that, you know, we're gonna, that's part of it. Yeah. But the journal does all of these things. Yeah. Yeah. The journal stresses, would you please add some vegetables to yeah. your life? Right. You know, the journal says, will you please throw in 2,500 more steps? Yeah. Go walk around the block. Take the, you know, the journal will tell you, you know, it's time for sleep. Yep. All right. There's nothing on, on, on Netflix. There's nothing on the news that's more important than your brain. <laughs> no, no, My news. brain is so much more interesting than Netflix. Okay. <laughs> really? It's crazy. Right. You I know, can confirm that. Right. Oh, I'm there for you. <laughs> you know, but, but so I, I really think we have to, you know, start with those things. Keep it simple. Right. You know, if you want and, and I don't care if you want to start at the other end, you want us to do one thing that's healthy and that one thing is meditation. Cool. Yep. All right. Start. Right. Do, do that. But 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 it isn't there's never going to be a medicine you sniff through your nose because there's there's one out there now people are talking about. There's not a patch you put on your butt and you feel better. There isn't, you know, going to be some sort of electrical stimulation to your eyeballs or a blue light. It's not going to be, folks. Right. right. Those those will help you with one to five percent, maybe. But 95%, I think it's 98%, are under your control. Yep. Do those things. Then, after you've done those, you've committed to those, you've, you know, you, you, you've got you know, you're a regular um, healthcare provider that's making sure your heart is working, all those things. You know, when you've done all that, then we can talk about the next level. All right? But the journal isn't the next level. The journal is part of those five. Yep. Really, do those things. And you'll be in the 98% of people that are doing well. If you're in the 2%, I'm here for you. Really, there's an entire <laughs> army of specialists that are here for you. But I don't want to see the 92% who, in fact, come to me. Because right. I get the 2% already. But yep. there's 90% of people that don't even take care of themselves. You know, And it isn't about being a doctor. It's about being a psychologist or a therapist or a, you know, a counselor. Like, you know, like, I'm happy to help you. But you're not helping yourself. You're not part of this. Right. And I blame myself. It's my job to not get the message out. I'm fine to own that. You want to blame me or your mother or you want to blame Ron John? That's fine. <laughs> but, but please, stop, look, and listen. Really? Yep. You know, stop. Look around you. There's, this information's out there now. This is not the first podcast right. to, be, to, be, to look at this. There's a wonderful it's, book that I wrote. Wait a minute. Ten years I ago. Thought we were, so, yeah, I, no, I know. But, but so to do those things, then, you know, and commit to those things. It's not a, you know, this isn't like you do it on the weekend. Like I'm a weekend flexitarian yeah. or some weird name. The or I, or Right, or, or, I, or I, you know, don't eat for a week and I genuflect. I'm like, that's interesting. I don't know what that is. It's interesting. It's, it sounds like it's biblical almost, but, but let's 
really just commit to this is your life. Because in the wild, that's what animals do all the time because that's called survival. Yep. You know, we're not even surviving as humans. I mean, we would last, what, a day in the wild? Oh, no. You know, so, yes. so, you know, so, so you know, we need to do the basics. And then there are plus-ups. There's plenty of other things, innovative, research-wise, and cutting-edge that are out there. And I'm, I'm happy to steer people to the good things versus... Well, and I think that. that's why Chris and I thought this would be cool to do a doctor a week, you know, whether it's right. going to be you. Every, I'll keep the yeah. apple away. Does that, does that make any sense? No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the apple, exactly. Apple's one of the most, and you have to eat the skin, by the way. The skin has got I most the of the core. antioxidants. That, that, that's TMI. You know, that's, although there's actually cyanide if you eat too many of the, of the oh, little, really? yeah, oh, and the okay, apple great. seeds, but, but you have to eat a lot of them, right? But, but, you know, but keeping doctors away is probably better than apples, actually, because most doctors really are going to give you pills right. or do blood tests or do x-rays, which I'm not even sure what I'm looking for because right. there's not, right? This is here's another here's another golden moment. There is no imaging study of the brain that has any clinical value for a concussion. None. I do them all the time for my research. There's not a one. Don't spend a dime you on a copay. Take pictures of them just so you, you know, can look I, right, at it. Right, right. You know, like if you well, just tell me what kind of picture would you like? I'll show you one. You know, I'll show you a fitness fit right. brain if you want. But really, there's nothing, like, even if there is something wrong, even if there is, you're in the 1% or maybe even 5% of people with concussions do have something on an image. It doesn't tell me anything about how to get you well, right. nor does it tell me about what your prognosis or your how you're going to do. Nothing. It adds no value early or late. So don't waste time thinking about that. Again, if you want to have a picture taken, get a glamour shot. It's fine. <laughs> but if you want a picture of your brain, that's cool. I, I, I'm down with that. I wouldn't mind one of mine. But, but in terms of helping you, listen to the words I'm saying. Look at you know, wellness, you know, cognitive or brain health, pro, you know, cognitive wellness or brain health. You know, go to those sites, all right? And, and, you know, it, and, and if, if you think common sense you know, is going to help you. Follow your common sense. I'm down with that. Your mother, your grandmother probably gave you more good information <laughs> than many clinicians do. But, but, but really, you know, th that's what this is about. It's about right. taking control through simple and that's, knowledge I think education. The, 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 the point is that it is simple. It's not no. this, this right. thing that's like out of reach or like no. horribly expensive like i can get you to the next level yeah, we can yeah. take you to the neuroscience yeah. basic science level if you like we can talk about microscope that's yeah. fine but let's do that after you've done all these amazing things and then we can fine-tune your performance right. you know we can really elevate you even more but 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 you know the flow the journal is going to get you to the 98th percent level right. which is more than most of us are at you know in terms of right now so, so, you know, really, I think it's important that, you know, you know, don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing, you know, high tech, you know, high technology and amazing science and research. But what it's telling us is keep it simple. But I, I like that you're poo-poo. Okay, I know. Doing, I, but yeah. no, but I mean, I think it's, you're being real. And yeah. I think that idea. As uh, VCU says, yeah, keep it real keeping it or real. and have I a new mean, discovery every day. We got to do that. <laughs> the new discovery today is eat well, exercise, sleep. Be mindful, meditative, make sure you're having good overall health care and wellness, and use the journal Boom. as your guide. Yep. Well, I know you got to get to a meeting here in a little bit, and we're going to talk more in the future. So um, let's, let's wrap up for now, and we'll... 
come back and do our whatever it's going to be called house yeah, call bring it i think house call is kind of cool right yeah it's not bad it's, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Like house crawls that sounds a little crawl. different okay, yeah. Like yeah. That yeah but thank you um like enlightening um i'll pop on some of those website things here at the end cool. when i close up and always remember the big five give yourself five. a high five yeah. right give yourself See, that, that high five easy really to remember right on your fingers like, if you need to exactly. right right so, and, and i don't yeah. again i don't care what i always put diet oh. on my middle finger of course that's a given so i, I can have, show i don't have it but i have to ask that i did get one question yeah and i don't know if there's an answer but this student asked me so he i don't know if it's him if he, maybe he's they asking for they are asking for somebody that there was a car crash, had a concussion, was yeah. misdiagnosed, and has had issues since. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, f first of all, more than 50% yeah. of concussions are, n are never assessed, are never seen by a clinician, you know, don't even just happen. All right. Yeah. So understand that. Now, of the 50% that go to, to see somebody, all right, to go to emergency department, et, et cetera, they'll often make the diagnosis of concussion. But the information that accompanies it, you know, which we've been talking about, won't be there. Will right. be will be absent. Will be the you know will be the fifty percent of the study that didn't tell you anything, or will be the regarding Henry, which will say stay awake and right. you know eat eat pablum <laughs> and you know don't go to school for for seven weeks. Stay in you know, a dark room. right, right. Yeah. Don't take any tests. God forbid the human body should take a test, right? So so you know so whether you go to someone or not. You know, clearly you should see someone because no. the biggest thing is we want to make sure there's nothing life-threatening. Right. You're actually not going to the emergency department or the urgent care or your family doctor because you're going to die or get these amazing words of wisdom on concussion, all right? But rather, it's to make sure we didn't miss a, a uh, injury to the brain that could result in active bleeding or a moderate TBI or what's called a subdural epidural hematoma. We didn't miss and a uh, problem with your neck that yeah. was injured. We didn't miss fractures. You know, that's why you're going to see them. Because right? there's very little in the emergency department they're going to do other, other than reassure you you're, you're going to live. You may have had a concussion, and, and the diagnosis is based on asking the human being, asking the person, not in a magical NFL tent or in a dark room <laughs> somewhere, but, but just saying... I just noticed that you were clobbered by two 300-pound men or you were in a bad car accident or you just had a fall off a ladder. During that event, did you have an alteration in your thinking? Were you confused? Did you lose a couple seconds of time? Are you currently unaware of what's going on? You know, d did you have see flashing lights and be feel dizzy? Did you have those things occur to you? If the answer to that is yes, then on this broadcast right now, we have made the diagnosis of concussion. Yep. What they do in that tent is give you a series of cognitive and motor and um, memory tests to see what level of impairment you have. Right. That is not where they're dying, even though in the NFL, God only knows what's happening. But I can tell you in-, in I wanna in, get a tent in, for my art no, class. I, we all need a tent. And, and the tent is so that it's quiet. That's It's not the tent issue. Right. But the diagnosis is based on asking the person within seconds, if, if possible, but certainly within minutes of what, what occurred, what just happened. We have a test, which is an asking test, which is a standardized approach we use for veterans or service members who are months later. We're asking them a structured series of questions. So we can do it months later. You can clearly do it when it just happens. Or you can do what we do in Monday Night Football last night, which is watch the tape six times and say, Man, look at the speed that guy's head went back and forth and how hard he hit. I'm pretty sure that yeah. was that he was unconscious or was uh, confused at the time. So, so you know, for your for the class member of yours that had 
a misdiagnosis. Maybe they said they hurt their neck, or yep. maybe they said it was a worse injury than it was. It's fine. The, the biggest problem is the information that's given at the time, whether it's too much in the wrong direction, or whether it's nothing at all, it will steer them in a direction where two days later when they still have headaches, or yep. a week later when they're still you know, feeling a little nauseated or not sleeping well, they're gonna think that doctor or that clinic wasn't very good. Right. I've got something worse than they thought, or I don't know what's going on. Those are the, that's the kiss of death. Right. Because then you're in a stress spiral. Right, right. You're in anxiety. You're not sleeping. You got a headache. And they're like, what should I do? Should I stay in a dark room? Should I see some guy who's got a weird office off to the side that's got a cool name, but I'm not sure what he does for a living? You know? <laughs> or should I, in fact, go to a, my family doctor, right. explain my symptoms, say, I heard this amazing podcast, or I, yes. read, this, I read this now out of print book by this guy, Sifu. <laughs> And it said, looks like I had a concussion, and if I get back to physical activity, and I journal, and I eat well, and I get into a sleep-wake cycle pattern that's healthy and what's called normal sleep hygiene, I'm going to recover. That is what you should do. Go see your, if you're still worried, see your primary care doctor, yep. and hopefully he or she are highly enlightened and know about this. Almost all of them do that I've met. Primary care doctors and pediatricians rock on this topic. Yep. But if they don't, Bring some information, go to our knowledge translation site or go to any, you know, anything you like and say, I think I should be being physically active. If my neck hurts, I'm having headaches, let me go see a physical therapist. If my thinking isn't so swift, let me go see a speech and language pathologist or a psychologist. Let me see someone, but go to your family doctor first. Okay. Get checked out. Good Do job. the simple things, all right? You know, clearly doing the five yep. will get you well, but you may need a little bit of an oomph, a push. You may need a therapist to break you out of a cycle of pain or yep. anxiety or you know cognitive stressors. The anxiety or, thing, huge, yeah. massive, massive, and and it isn't anxiety where you're paralyzed by fear or, or you're 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 having a panic attack necessarily. It's just this this nagging thing. It's like, am I going to be demented because right. I got bopped on the right. head by a by a board at a well, at a construction company? With co that you know, CTE right. hanging oh, I know. people's heads, you know, it's, right. like it's it I know. is, it is. Scary. and and. and it's one of the worst things to ever happen to mankind. Been wonderful for my career and bank account, but chronic traumatic encephalopathy is as rare as hen's teeth, which is an old saying when people believe hens have teeth. You know, it's so rare, and it's going to occur only to high-level athletes and people that have been exposed to thousands of injuries. Certain high-level, high-performing military folks may get those. It's not happening to just about anybody on this podcast. Right. All right, not going to happen. Doesn't mean you shouldn't be treated, assessed. Doesn't mean you shouldn't do the big five. I'm not saying that, but, you know, and, and if worrying about dementia gets you to do them, power to you. I don't think worrying about anything is a positive. No. There's no positive stress. chi in that. See, the next, right. the next topic we'll talk boom. next. Exactly. Next, yeah, Although, stress yeah. is like, but yeah. these, all the, the five are like ways to relieve stress. There. And right. boom. The big five. So, all right, let's hit the road. Let's get right, out of here. Pleasure, you always. Know, <laughs> until next time. All right. Take care. Later. Thanks again to Dr. David Sifu and for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the first of many podcasts with the doctor. If you have any questions you'd like to ask him, please stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com and email us at info at theabstractathlete.com. Be sure to check out our social media links for future events, pop-up exhibits, 
podcasts, and other information. Beats for today's episode were provided by Space Grandma. Uh, You can go check him out on Instagram. See you next week as we talk with artist and former Ohio State Buckeye and Kansas City Chief Safety Percy King. Thanks again. Don't forget to exercise the body and exercise the mind. Talk to you next week. Thank you.